the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, and welcome to In the Word, a ministry of Calvary Chapel of Orlando. We hope that God speaks to you today as we continue our study verse by verse, chapter by chapter, with Senior Pastor Will Ramirez in the book of Deuteronomy. Moses has been giving his goodbye speech to the nation of Israel just before they begin their journey of conquering the Promised Land. God reminds them through Moses that they were to love God supremely and to obey his word once they were in the land of promise. Moses wants them to commit their ways to the Lord and his word. We join Pastor Will in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 1. Remember the whole theme of Deuteronomy is loving God supremely. And Moses now, he's nearing the end. We're only a few chapters away from the end of the book of Deuteronomy. And throughout the book, he has reminded this new generation of all that God did in the past, of his great love for them and his provision for them. And, and as a result, he's called them to love God supremely in light of that. You know, he's commanded them to renew their covenant with the Lord when they're in the land and to call down the blessings and the curses that are part of their deal with God. So Moses, he spends 28 chapters going over that. I mean, I just summed it up in one paragraph. But he spends 20 28 chapters hammering it, you know, into these guys because he wants so badly for them to succeed. He wants so badly for them to do well. And the truth is, he knows I'm not going to be there to get them back on track if they fail. So before he turns the reins over to Joshua, we're going to get to that in chapter 31. Before he does that, and before he pronounces his last blessing on the nation, Moses makes a final appeal to the nation in chapters 29 and 30 to be faithful, number one, to be faithful to their agreement with God, and then two, what to do when they aren't faithful and they experience God's judgment. So tonight we're going to look at his appeal to be faithful. So a call to faithfulness. Chapter 29, verse 1. It says, Now these are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab, beside the covenant which he made with them in Horeb. Now we don't know how much time takes place between chapters 28 and 29 here, but this verse explains why Moses summons all the people together. It says in verse 2, And Moses called unto all Israel and said unto them, So everyone is gathered here. Everyone is there. And Moses summons the entire nation here before him for the fourth time in this book book, it's to remind them of the terms of their agreement with God. And he says, these are the words, or literally the record, or the terms of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab. This is the terms, this is the record of the agreement between Israel and God that they were to make here in the land of Moab. Now, there's a little caveat here at the end. It says, beside the covenant which he made with them in Horeb. Now, Horeb is just another name for Sinai. So obviously, it's not something that that's separate from the covenant that Israel made with God at Sinai. The word beside here means alongside. Frequently, you may hear people refer to Deuteronomy as a repeat of the law. And they'll say, ah, oh, Deuteronomy, it's awful, man. We already covered it all in Exodus and Leviticus. And here we go again. In Deuteronomy, we're going to do all the same thing again. That's not it at all. That's incorrect. Deuteronomy is an explanation of how God's laws will apply to Israel when they settle down as opposed to when they're constantly on the move in the desert. So it's not a repeat at all. 
It's more like an addendum to what happened at Sinai. It's alongside the covenant at Sinai. These are the terms of this new agreement that Israel is reconfirming with God, the addendum that's being added to what already occurred at Sinai. And so Moses, verse 2, called unto all Israel. These are his words to them. He's got them all there. And he says, you have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt, unto Pharaoh and unto all his servants and unto all his land, the great temptations which your eyes have seen, the signs and those great miracles. Here Moses starts off in this reminder to Israel to keep their covenant with God to ratify this new agreement, this addendum that their forefathers made with God that they need to make themselves. He says, in reminding them to do that, he calls them to remember all that God did for them. He says, you have seen all that the Lord did, the great temptations. Now, God didn't bring temptations to trick anybody or to make people stumble or to go into sin. The word here means tests in order to prove something. Remember Pharaoh, when Moses first came to him and and he said, you know, the Lord has said, let my people go and worship yonder three days in the wilderness. And what did Pharaoh say? Who's the Lord? Who's Jehovah that I should listen to him? I'm a God in my own right. I don't know any Jehovah. And so the Lord says, well, I will show you who I am. And then you give you an opportunity to listen. And of course, what happened? Those tests that were to prove who God was to Pharaoh, Pharaoh didn't listen. It wasn't that he needed proof. He wouldn't yield to God. He wouldn't submit to God. He hardened his heart and said, no, I will not let the people go. And so the Lord did signs, miracles, mighty acts of God used to convey a message. Pharaoh, you are no match for me. You need to yield. You need to submit or troubles are going to come. And then it lastly mentions all those great miracles. These were supernatural events meant to inspire awe. They saw the things, number one, that were there to deal with Pharaoh, but then they also saw things that were to cause them to be in awe of God. He says, you have seen, you know, what God did. Some of them didn't, of course. Some of them weren't born yet. While some of them didn't see what God did in Egypt, everyone over the age of 39 had. Everyone who didn't die in the wilderness had seen it, whether they were a child or a teenager. They had seen it. But I don't know about you, I'm 44 years old. There's a lot of things I've forgotten in the 44 years of my life. 39 years is a long time. And it is very easy to lose that sense of awe that you experienced from God. Or even forget the powerful message God conveyed to you when he did those things. And what was that message? What was God trying to tell Israel, trying to tell Pharaoh? Well, that he was real, (laughs) that God is real, that God was keeping his promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that he keeps his word, and also that opposing God is a very bad idea. (laughs) That's what he was trying to say. And the danger was that they would forget that and then forget to be in awe of the one who is now bringing them into the promised land. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, I know I've had these thoughts before in my life. Oh, if if I saw all those things, there's no way I'd ever lose my awe of God. If I actually saw the sea parted or signs and wonders like God did in Egypt, I would never lose my awe of God. Careful. (laughs) Beware of those words. Beware of such thoughts. Are you conscious of the powerful things that God's done in your life when you're in the midst of temptation? That's not always the first thing in my mind. How much does the awe you felt when God did those things factor into your present day decisions? You know, this is why it's always an uncomfortable thing when I'm talking to a believer and the only thing they talk about is what God did 10, 15 years ago. I can see that there's a reminder of what God did, but there's a reality that it's not a part of their present day life. We need to be very careful to remember all that God has done so that we continue to trust him with our present day situations, that we will continue to follow him in our present day temptations. 
See, the problem is, it's not that God didn't do something powerful enough in our lives to resonate with us. The problem is, is that forgetful, forgetting what God's done is our nature. I mean, that's, that's the way our nature works. We have to make a conscious effort to not forget. You know, everything Moses has spent 28 chapters reminding them about was to get them to do just that, to make conscious decisions on a regular basis.